Hi, this is Nikki from Motherhood Unfiltered is going to be okay. You're listening to another podcast episode. If you like the podcast and the episode, please write a review, share with a friend, or leave a comment. You can also visit my website at www.nikkiasherbowling.com or you can visit my YouTube channel. Thank you and enjoy a new episode from Motherhood Unfiltered is going to be okay. Hello everybody, this is Nikki from Motherhood Unfiltered. It's going to be okay. And today I have guest L Edwards from Uyear.com. And she is all about building your faith, having a great time doing it in the blue house. And you're a safe, it's a safe space online for being Uyear, away from the distraction of traditional social media. So she's here to help you thrive. And I'm so excited to talk to her. I feel like we've just really had a great connection when we did our prep. And then today we started just right off the bat, just chatting and, you know, like we hadn't even, you know, been away from each other. So I really enjoyed that. So, but I do want to remind you that if you are watching on YouTube, to comment and like the video and please share it with someone you care about and if you're listening on podcasts please go to spotify or apple itunes and rate and review the podcast i would greatly appreciate it it helps let me know where i stand in the food chain i would rather not be down in the fungus area (laughs) I want to be up towards the (laughs) higher up on the food chain. So that without further ado, here is Elle Edwards. (laughs) You made me laugh. Uh, Sorry. (laughs) Oh, that's brilliant. Don't apologize for making me laugh. Laughing is good for you. I know. It wants to be down in the muck of the... Absolutely. So I'm not in down in the food chain. Absolutely. <laughs> quite true. Because if you don't I mean, know, you can get eaten. The plankton and the amoeba has their own, you know, spot <laughs> in the universe. But absolutely. <laughs> and I know we they, they they allege that we lose brain cells when we have when we're pregnant, but I'm I'm sure you've got more than one or two. So I know you have more than one or two. So I mean you're you're hung up there, you're all good. That's that's your silver lining for today. You have more brain cells than the amoeba. And so do all your listeners. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you for inviting me. It's wonderful to be here. <laughs> I know. I'm so glad that I, I I got to meet you. And we've had such fun conversations. <laughs> and <Yeah. laughs> I, I don't know. We've gotten off on some weird tracks too. So <laughs> that, that kind of happens with me. I'm a little bit ADHD inclined. So we We'll meander around all the stories and then get to the point, but it's it's fun doing it. So, <laughs> well, what's funny is my son was asking me where you were from, and I said, "Oh, she's from Wales." And then I'm like, 
wait a minute, I don't think that's right. Right, it is right. It is right. I'm not from Scotland because don't you remember? I've seen a show, and there was a show that you've been in. Yeah, yeah. I asked I got you backwards. I thought you were from where the show was. That's right. Yeah, you're like. Well, I, I did go to Scotland a couple of weeks ago, but yeah. Now I'm, oh, I am okay. from Wales. I'm a town with too many consonants called Llanelli. Which, if you were sat next to me now, I'd spit all over you. Thanks to the double L at the start of that word. So it's a good. Sound. There you go. Don't try that one at home. <laughs> so I wonder if the uh, Scottish people are used to that spitting on each other and they don't even realize it. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, this is it. And I actually don't speak Welsh. Uh, I understand a little bit. My kids all speak Welsh. Um, yeah. I, I gave up. I don't know if I told you this last time. I gave up when I was, when my eldest, who's now 19, was about three. And I was practicing my Welsh over breakfast. And she said, Mummy, you just told me to sit on my toast because I've got the. Re- Whatever the connecting word is, I'm like, oh, fine. I give up. You know, I can say Boradar and I can say the name where I live and say thank you. And that's that's so. Well, I mean, don't all kids want to sit on their toast? I mean, well, I don't know. It depends (laughs) if there's chocolate spread on it or not, I suppose. So, do they teach teach Welsh in the uh, schools? Yeah. So, it depends on which. um, So, the county where I live, they do have. An ambition to make, I think, oh, no, that's not true. It can't be the county because there's not a million people in the county. It must be a Welsh government. <laughs> there's an ambition somewhere. There's a target to help a million children speak Welsh by the end of their schooling. Um, but I actually made a decision when mine were really little. How's this for forward planning? So the town where we live, there's three high schools, two English medium, one Welsh medium. The, in- the Welsh medium is the only one that's got a sixth form. So you stay in for like, post, I don't know what you call it in America. So, I don't know, a bit before university. And I was quite like keen to give them the option. What yeah. do you call it? High school. High, oh, there the, you go. We have a junior high and a senior oh. high. Oh, yeah. See, here you have the yeah. primary school when you're like 7 to 11. And then when you're 11 to 16, you have comprehensive school, which I translated to high school and got it wrong, as it turns out. But you can do an extra two years. And so I wanted to give them the option of being able to do that in school. And they could only do that if they learned Welsh. So I sent them to a primary school when they were three or four. Uh, oh. And you know, anyway, so that was a little bit of advanced planning, but also it's kind of handy if you're going to stay in, in Wales, if you can speak Welsh, it's a little bit of an added advantage. So, well, I and it's like good. That. Yeah, it's good for culture. I mean, because, and... you know, history, they, I mean, I don't know about Welsh, but, you know, like for Ireland, they were not allowed to speak or Scott, I, they, I hope I don't get this wrong, but they were banned from speaking their language. And yeah. so it was lost, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I just really feel like they, you know, they need to stay connected to their own culture, you Definitely. know. Yeah, my, my husband's grandmother, she remembers, so she, she's passed away now, but she would have been about 90 something now. She, when she was a little girl in school, they'd get smacked on the hand if they spoke Welsh. So it was actively discouraged. And it's only now they're really, you know, now it's, it's popular again. Um, and I think probably while they're in school, they don't really appreciate it. But I think afterwards, you know, to be able to have that there. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's just. Well, I find that really interesting. I mean, so um, that they are allowed to, you know, go back to their roots and learn some of that. Because when you learn a, a new language, you also learn about the culture that goes around that language. Definitely. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's good for your mind as well, being bilingual. So if you're, you know, once you've learned one language, like my middle daughter's doing French now and things. So it has lots of benefits from that side of things. So oh, wow. So I've done my little yeah. bit for the Welsh language by having three children and sending them off to Welsh school. 
Now, remind me again, do you have two girls and a boy? Or... That's very well remembered. I'm impressed. Yes, two girls and a boy. 1915, where did that one come from? That was impressive. <laughs> yeah. Well, I took a guess because you did mention two girls and I was like, okay, I'm pretty sure she did have a boy in her somewhere. Yeah, I definitely had a boy. I didn't have him in, had a boy in the summer. <laughs> yeah. I had him 15 summers ago. This is correct. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. I, had I wish wish. right now we could invite all of your audience to come and sit and have a little chit chat with us because I feel like we just sit and have a little, have a good laugh and <laughs> swap war I'm stories. Sure they'll be chuckly when they listen to it. <laughs> like, so, so, yeah. And then realize actually it's going to be like, like you say in your tagline, it's going to be okay. <laughs> Yeah, I, that was my mantra. I definitely had to tell myself, okay, yeah. it's not okay right now, but it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. time soon, I hope. Absolutely. <laughs> and I often say that even because, you know, you forget, you know, when you're pregnant the first time and you say, oh, that's so exciting. And everyone, nobody really tells you actually how much hard work it's going to be. And so yeah. I quite often when I have friends or family members and new babies, like, how are you doing? Oh, yeah, good. How are you really doing? You know, and it, you know, because the first six months is hell, particularly the first three months. Yeah. But I say yeah. this to myself, if you're doing any, if you feel like you're doing anything better than, oh my goodness, it's hell, you're doing yeah. great. You know, especially <laughs> dreading, dreading my kids being teenagers. I really was. Most because I used to be a teacher and I had these yeah. girls and they all hated their own mothers and loved each other's mothers. I'm spreading <laughs> it. But actually now, I mean, there's the odd wobble, but actually parenting teenagers for the most part is a lot more fun when they're little. At least you yeah. know, rest themselves and wipe their own bottom. They answer back more, but. You know, right. it's, it's a different dynamic. So you're quite right. It is going to be okay. Absolutely. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> I told my kids, like, now they're all adults. And we'll talk about things, you know, that we that happened and probably shouldn't have happened. But well, yeah. I say, hey, we made it out alive, okay? <laughs> oh, definitely. And we're all doing the best we can with the information we have in that moment. You know, yeah. we go back and reflect on our own journeys and, and things. Listen, I said I had this conversation with, I think, my youngest two yesterday. I said, uh -huh. like, in 10, 15 years' time, if you're in therapy, I apologize in advance, but just know that I love you. And I was absolutely <laughs> doing the best I could in that moment. Because <laughs> that's all you can do, isn't it? Right. And they don't, like, you don't, I mean, you have to take a driving course to get your license. It's, but you don't have to take any kind of class or course or manual to be a parent, you know, right. and... It's really a hard job. And, yes. you know, when I had my first one, you know, I was so cocky about it and just arrogant. And I was like, yeah, I am totally going to smash this job <laughs> and do it better than the people before me. Right. <laughs> yep. Um, that did not happen. No, so. but at least you didn't do what I did. I tried to read all the books. And then when they, when the, when this oh, I read bundle, you. <laughs> bundles of joy, they don't sort of like do what the book says they're meant to do when they say they're meant to do it. Like my mother one time said, I stopped reading the books. She hasn't read the books that you've read. Just relax. <laughs> uh, I know. I, well, I read all the books and I had all the magazines. I, I had two or three magazines I would read each month and I should have just stopped. I really should have. But you just have to learn the hard way. And I mean, okay, so they're babies and you messed up, you know, okay, um, you can come back from that. But it's the teenage part that is really hard for me because mm -hmm. 
they, these are, they're growing, their minds are developing and they are way smarter than me. You know, <laughs> I consider myself a pretty intelligent person. Mm. And I mean, they out argued me and I mean, I just couldn't, I couldn't hardly take it. <laughs> so, yeah, this one going so well, this sounds so familiar. My middle daughter in particular, she like, she doesn't want to do law because you've got to do, do English, but she'd make a brilliant solicitor or a lawyer, as you would call them, because she can yeah. argue. I remember when she was little, I said, no, look, I know for a fact in this particular point, you are definitely in the wrong. You shouldn't have done that. <laughs> to the point where even yesterday, I was, I was my youngest was going to youth club and I was going to give him £2 for youth club. Oh, why are, you, why are you paying for him to go to youth club? I said, well, because when you were younger, you were, I paid for you to go to netball. Oh, okay, fair enough. I was like, wow, that's a diary moment. You didn't like, oh, you actually won that one. That does not happen very often at all. She, she did have the graciousness to smile quite wryly and go, yeah. <laughs> I know, um, I know. It's, I don't know. They're, they're just too much. I love them to pieces. And then now that they're adults, like with my middle son, you know, a lot of things have come out that, you know, he's, had gotten so hurt by my parenting techniques, you know? And so now I'm like, okay, how do I navigate this part of, you know, the uh, life or whatever, the relationship with him? And because, you know, he's his own person now and he's, you know, married and has, you know, his own daughter. And so he's, you know, voicing concerns to me and things that had happened that he felt like I should have prevented, right. you know, but yeah. if you don't know that these things have happened, I mean, how can you prevent yeah. them? Exactly. You know, right. and I, I think it's more of a learning yeah. situation for him. Right. right. And um, I think he's at the point where I was when I first had his older brother, mm. you know, where I, think I just know so much more than everybody else <laughs> yeah. right yeah so, but it you know it but in those times it's, it can be hurtful yeah of course. you know especially to hear it's you know when someone says that you mm. totally sucked but <laughs> um, you know yeah there's a I'm sure there's a more gracious way we could have said that for sure I, mean, I was thinking in my head that it's good it's testament to your relationship the fact that he's even bringing it up I guess, you know, that, that he has the safety to do that. So that, that's yeah. a silver lining in that. <laughs> yeah. Perhaps with a bit more age and experience, he could have brought it up a little bit. More <laughs> well, maybe. Yes. <laughs> maybe in a few more years, you know. I'm sure he'll learn that one. <laughs> <then>. <laughs> oh, so dear. tell us about, you know, why you started your, your Urier. Did I say that right? You reader. You did. My, my wonderful <laughs> friends in America and Canada, they often have to practice this word. I had this conversation with somebody a few weeks ago. Uia. You see, I-E-R at the end. I'm sure we talked about this backstage. It, it, it doesn't quite work with the accent. And uh, mm-hmm. a couple of years ago when I was trademarking, I was like, oh, God, God half the English-speaking countries, or half, they can't even say it. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Like Nobody knew what Google was first. It's fine. <laughs> but it does give me a chance to talk about it. So that's quite yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> It works. But for years and years and years, Yuya was all about helping you be who you were created to be. Uh, and it really comes out of my story from parenting, which is why when I first came across you, were like, yeah, I want to talk to this lady. Because if you'd have met me when my kids were, you know, sort of maybe 10 years ago, even where are we now? Like 15. Yeah. No, maybe 15 years ago. So I'm doing myself a disjustice, disservice. Yeah. But when my kids were little uh, and I remember just feeling really angry and frustrated and just oh, I found it so hard. 
And if I'd have gone to the GP or the family doctor at the time, they would have probably put me on medication for depression. Mm-hmm. And I've yeah. got nothing against medication. However, right. I do think the way our, I'm not sure what it's like in the US, but I suspect it has its challenges. Like here in the UK, there's a 10 minute slot. And, and, and so therefore prescriptions and medication, if it, they'll, they'll try and fix it that way because there isn't the time to really explore what's really going on. And I, I suspect there are an awful lot of people walking around with labels, either ones that they've been given by the medical professions or ones that they, you know, diagnose themselves thanks to Mr. Google. Are you saying, are, I'm sorry, I mean, right, but are you saying that your appointments are only 10 minutes long? Yes, yes. You go there Is with it? one issue. And it, you, so like, if you have more than one issue, you'd have to make several appointments and you couldn't make them until you've had, yeah, no, they, they have a very strict because we don't pay for it directly, you see. It's not a, it's not paid at point of service, is it? So therefore, yeah. you know, it's free. Know. It's not free. We pay through through taxes. Right, right, right. Free okay. because, yeah. And which is great in as much that if one of the kids was ill, I don't need to worry about how am I going to pay for this. But at the same time, it does have its challenges because it means that, you know, they're yeah. on a, they're on a schedule. I've sat oh, in doctor waiting surgeries for now, like an hour at a time because they're running so late. So oh, yeah, 10 God. minutes. Might be 15 minutes in some practices. I mean, if there's anybody listening yeah. GP, don't like sue me for telling the wrong figure, but it is a very fixed short time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's a sign on the doctor surgery that my kids are registered with. There's a sign on the thing that says on the counter thing. That's not a very good descriptive word. There's a uh-huh. sign on the counter that says one, one issue only 10 minutes per appointment. Yeah. I, so. I did not even know that at all. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, I can't even get everything I want to talk about to my doctor in an hour. Well, there you go. Yeah. But he's happy for you to do that because he'll, he'll bill you for his time, won't he? So it's, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm sure if my doctor could send me a bill for, for his time, he'd be quite happy for me to talk for an hour. Uh, he might be bleeding by the end of it, but, you know. <laughs> and maybe he's like, thank God it's only 10 minutes, right? <laughs> Why do we think we talk so fast? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'd be like, here's my list, okay? (laughs) (laughs) And the trouble is, so many bits are connected, aren't they? So actually, when you go there with one thing and it's actually not this thing, it's that thing. But yeah, one of the doctors did have me do a checklist once. You know, they they do like a check of depression Mm -hmm. and stuff. Uh, And, you know, you've ticked too many boxes and they don't like it very much. But um, yeah, but actually for me, I simply, I was putting too much pressure on myself. I was trying to, I, all I wanted to do, I wasn't very ambitious as a teenager. I just wanted yeah. to fall in love, get married and have kids. Uh, and yeah. I, I did that. Uh, but I had this idea in my head of how the, the ideal wife and mum should show up. That word right. should you used earlier on. Like at the time, my niece said to you, should, can't do should, so I do my head in. It's the most toxic, one of the most toxic words in the English language, should. But in, yep. so instead, it's a bit of a long story, but the short version is I happened upon a Bible weight loss course where the premise of this course was God loves you as you are. He's interested in everything. If you want to eat a Mars bar when you're not hungry, talk to God about it because he's interested in everything. Uh, and so I was introduced to this God who loved me just as I am. Um, having been scared out of hell by the angry God when I was about 12, <laughs> it was like night and day. It was just like this completely different thing. I hell, I would be praying all day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. I know. I love that concept, though. I know yeah. when growing up, I went to church too. And uh, the preacher would, every once in a while, he'd have to preach about hell and damnation. You know, I'd be like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Why? This is one of my frustrations. And I, I, I don't suspect, I'm not, <laughs> traditional Christianity in some, some um, how should we say, packages do my head in. 
He mm-hmm. would he doesn't need to have to preach that because I maintain if everybody knew just how loved by God they are and actually yeah. God wants to be known, we wouldn't be scaring them out of hell. They'd be running to I want to know him too, you know. <laughs> we wouldn't need to be preaching hellfire hellfire and damnation. And that kind of preaching didn't take me into relationship with God. All that did was make me pray the prayer so I didn't go to yeah. hell if I died in that moment. There was no yeah. relationship there. It was yeah, I know. It, it always made me run to the altar and pray and ask for yeah. forgiveness for the moon pie that I stole from the grocery store when I was 10, <laughs> yeah. you know, because that thing just totally uh, haunted me forever. Right. <laughs> and the thing is, right, is if actually, if they'd had a conversation with you and you'd have told them about that, you'd be like, hang on, got from God's perspective, he's like, Moon pie, what moon pie, Nikki? Like, you don't see, the very first time you told him about that, he was like, Yep, fine, it's forgiven. Don't worry about it anymore. Right, right, you know, exactly. We're the ones that keep carrying all of this stuff. It's just <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. So, um, but I was introduced to this loving, kind God who loved me as I am. And I'm like, Well, actually, if that's good enough for him, maybe it's okay for me to love me as I am. And so yeah. I went on this journey of actually, as you will have gathered by now, and I, I think I mentioned it, I'm a little bit sort of ADHD inclined, um, a little yeah. bit sort of off the wall, shall we say. I'm not very good at sort of playing the straight sort of, you know, correct wife and mum. I have a, I have systems. Have we talked about this before? I have systems for like the reminders and to get, to get me to the right place, even to be here today. I kid you not. I have it on my calendar, but I also have three reminders on my phone, you know, just to make sure. <laughs> uh, no wonder so- we did along so well. <laughs> yeah. I do this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so that's where Yui was born. It was actually recognized. And you know what? If everybody could just be who they were created to be. And some people are quieter. Some people are more serious. Some people are a little bit off the wall. You know, we're multifaceted. I am actually quiet yeah. sometimes. I know that shocks people. Particularly in this Is context. that when you're asleep? Yeah, that's when I'm asleep. And even then I sometimes <laughs> talk to myself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it, but it, cha- it was like night and day for me. It changed. It made me be who I was all along. Uh, and so that's how Yuya happened. And so for years and years, it was all about helping people who be who you really are until April 2021 when, okay, sorry, rewind slightly. Um, what I'm about to say will sound off the wall to some of your listeners. We're going to just say, for those, that, I don't know where your listeners are with faith stuff. Just take what I'm saying as read and recognize you can insert, insert your own language into what I'm about to say. So having parked that, because I don't want anybody listening to get hung up on language because God does not get hung up on language. Right. Having said that, so having prayed the prayer when I was 12 and been loved into heaven in my sort of early 20s, uh, back at the end of 2019, I asked God my very first question and I started having conversations with Holy Spirit. Uh, and so I, and some people would call that hearing voices. I'm like, yes, I hear voices. It's God. But some people would mm. say that's like weird. So I, I, that's mm. hence why I gave my caveat. So during one of my times of journaling, I had in, in April 2021, Holy Spirit said, you know, you here. And I said, yes. He said, ask me for an acronym. I said, okay. Could I have an acronym, please? He said, okay, yes, that's a good question, Elle. I said, thank you very much. He said, Yuya is you, the person I created you to be, plus I-E-R. I went, okay, what's I-E-R? I-E-R is intentional, expectant, relationship. And it was all about helping people step into recognizing that everybody can hear from God. If, you know, if they have a relationship with Jesus, it's not the remit of like super holy people. Uh, and then the relationship part but also being intentional, actually choosing, choosing to ask God questions, choosing to step into this relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's why I'm really excited when people like fall over the IER, because the IER is actually a really important part of it. And I would yeah. maintain, if we just did the IER, the you bit would take care of itself. Because if I'm talking to God, and I say, oh God, I feel like I'm 
I should bake. I'm sure I gave this example last time we spoke, but I'm going to use it again because it makes me. <laughs> if I said, "Okay, God, um, I'm going to I'm going to break bake bread for every single person on my street," what do you think about that? And he'd be like, "Are you sure that's a good idea? You know, you tend to forget things. You burn past them more than once." Are you sure that's a great idea? And I'm like, yeah, you're right, God. That's not a great idea. <laughs> Invite your mum around. She can help you because she's great at making bread. So actually, if we walk in relationship and having these ongoing conversations, you uh-huh. know, relationship, like the relationship I have with my best friend, which I know sounds mental to some people because I know you can't see God directly. Yeah. yeah. But then the how to be ourselves piece, it takes care of itself. Right. So that in essence is the round the world story of how we get to you, yeah, and where I am today. I love that, Elle. I mean, it's your your personal experience in your relationship with God and you're using it to help other people because some people don't even know where to begin. Yes. You know, they don't know where to start to have their own relationship with God. And I mean, even though I may not be able to say you, you're right. It's but, it's a lot. <laughs> and I, I know what it means, right? Yeah. So not Every message is for every person. So we have to have a diversity of people. Oh, yeah. To, you know, those people will connect with you, you know, Mm -hmm. and there's people that connect with me, you know, because they might feel more kindred with you or or whatever it is. And I just like that you, you know, you're using that to, you know, to help those around you. And it's such a great message. Thank you. You reminded me, actually, there was a phrase I came across in a book just this week that talked about our relationship with God. And actually, they say it's personal, but it shouldn't be private. I was like, well, that's interesting because it is. Everybody's relationship is personal. Like I have my own journey with God and my own stories. But if I just keep that to myself, that's incredibly selfish. And that's not really kind of how how Jesus did it at all. So (laughs) I almost my my why behind everything, having had this kind of like aha moment is I. Although it's really hilarious to me, when I was really grumpy and frustrated, I was in the exact same house with the exact same husband and the exact same kids. I mean, the walls weren't yellow, they were a different color, but like it was the same location. And yet as a person, I feel like it's like night and day. And I, I have times when I'm miserable, don't get me wrong. You know, like yeah. anybody who tells you they're happy all of the time is lying or they're on something. Right, but I, you know, right. for the most part, life is joyful. Life is good. It's, I like yeah. being alive. And so why would I, why would I keep that to myself? You know, and it starts on a smaller level in my household and my kids sometimes like, oh, mom, just be quiet because that's what kids do. But like, yeah. you know, it starts on a, on, a, on a smaller level, my household, my, my, my town. But because of the joys of the internet, like I connect with people like literally all over the world, Singapore, Canada, yeah. South Africa, you know, it's yeah. glorious that we get to do this. It's, and it makes life, like you say, more diverse and more fun. I had this nudge to mention as well. You're getting a behind the scenes first thing. I don't know anybody, nobody knows this apart from me and God. Okay, this is a big secret. That's no, not a big secret. <laughs> a secret related to my website. It's pertaining to your thing about like, how do I start? What I would yes. say if anybody, because I have a little book called Yuya, um, uh-huh. which the minute you can buy on Amazon, but I am, I had a, a bit of a nudge from Holy Spirit in the week sometime. It was available for free. We had a party in August and I'm going to be updating things so people can get an electronic copy for free. So at some point over the next couple of weeks, if there's some, and I don't know when this goes out anyway, but hopefully by the time this goes out, um, if you go to yuia.com, somewhere on there, there'll be a place where if you want to, you can get your free copy of Yuya. I'm not saying it's the way to hear from God, because obviously there's so many different ways that people step into relationship with him. But it's right. it's a nice, easy read. If I had it in front of me, I'd show you. It's a little tiny book. It yes. explores the IER, and then it basically gives you lots of questions. And if there's a thing called the Should Shove a Challenge, which is what we talked about, where 
you know, helping people ditch the shoulds because I thought should is a terrible toxic word, as I already mentioned. <laughs> Um, but I would mention, I would nudge to mention that to you in case there is anybody like, oh, I don't know what that looks like. I would invite you to to check it out. And even if you read it and go, yeah, that's a load of nonsense. I don't believe that. Fine. It could all be part of your journey. It won't take you very long to read it. So, <laughs> so what was your idea, persona of a mom, a wife? You know, when oh, you was a good question. <laughs> she she was she's probably the complete opposite of me. No, that's not true, actually. She was, to be, to this ideal wife, wife and mum to me, the expectations I put on myself, in one sense, on paper, they're not that, they're decent things. So it was about getting the kids to school on time with the things that they needed. Everybody washed and dressed and fed and, you know, the stuff that we're meant to do. It's not that we, yeah. that stuff is bad stuff. It's just that trying to do it all, you know, we have this, I don't know whether it's just we put it on ourselves. But, but I think society does it a little bit. That, you know, we're, we're super mum. You know, we, have, we, we do all of these things. And then even it's really bad. We, like our, our husbands or partners will maybe look after the kids for a bit. And we thank them when they're, the, they're their kids too. Like, you know, what's that about? <laughs> Nonsense. I mean, and part of it as well, because I was, we, we'd made a decision as a couple that I would be home with the kids. Uh, and we were, you know, we were positioned that we could do that financially. Yeah. And so I also felt, well, actually, you know, if my husband's been at work all day, then his I don't know if you're familiar with um, Gary Chapman's love languages, but acts of service yes. is one of his love languages. And so him coming home to a nice, tidy house, even if he didn't recognize it as such, was a way that I could show him that he was loved. The trouble is, acts of service is probably low down on my list of love languages. Um, and so I, I had to try really hard. And so I remember quite often at like five o'clock, I'd be running around like a lunatic, you know, trying to get the house tidy. <laughs> it's just a lot of pressure. And then the yeah. irony is, now that the kids are older, like I actually... I am quite minimal. I'm looking around the room. I'm not, I was about to say I'm quite minimalist. That's not true. I like <laughs> stuff. Um, Which is why my background is blurred because I sit and try to be a minimalist and it's just not working out for me. Oh, so. no. <laughs> no. I mean, all of my things now, they have memories attached. And that's my, that's my sort of like, so my, I don't know. Whatever oh, yeah. That's a struggle. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I, have, I, I do now that they're older, I do like having the house sort of clutter free and it'd be nice and clean and tidy. But the difference is I'm in a different season and nobody really talks about the seasons that we're in when we're parenting. You know, being yeah. when kids are little, I mean, I had three kids under five and it was just like one, yeah, zero, two and four. And yes. expecting the house to be immaculate, it was yes. all this pressure I was putting on myself. And so in one yes. sense, it's no wonder I was slowly going a little bit crazy. Right, right. too much. Yeah, it is too much. I, I, I totally remember those days. I did try to work and then I ended up staying home with the boys and mm. before their dad and I had divorced. Mm. And then after the divorce, I had the work and I think I just went bonkers from there. Yeah. But, you know, it's just you just do the best that you can. I, yes. I just think that, you know, I. I try to believe in, you know, being a feminist mm -hmm. and it was something I always thought I wanted to be, but I feel like in trying to be a feminist, like you said, it's just too much pressure. Yeah. I, I can't work. I can't take care of kids and, mm. and, you know, take care of my house and my husband. And take care of yourself. And, and take care of myself. I mean, mm. something's got to give. It's just too much. Yeah, definitely. You know, you, you have to make a decision. And mm. prioritize, you Definitely. know, what's more important. So 
Um, you probably, there's you probably are of- a feminist. I think it depends on your definition of it, isn't it? Like, I suspect it's one of those words. I'm like, well, what do we actually mean by this? Because, you know, are we talking about burning our bras and running through the streets and not shaving our legs and whatever, you know? Or <laughs> what, do we, what do we actually mean by that? Are we standing up for the fact that actually women have rights too? And so for too long, yes. their voices yes. haven't been heard. Well, what are right. you doing on this podcast? You are giving voice to yourself. You are giving voice to yeah. other women. So you are right. a feminist. It's just about redefining it because even that label feminist, once it got out there, like mm-hmm. I don't blame it on the men, but it's society then, shall we say, will take that label and use it as a stick to beat us with, you know? And yeah. so what if we go, well, I'm not a big fan of labels in general. I mean, I'll be quite honest. I, because we are so multifaceted, I struggle with labels. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, you're quite right. Trying to, this idea that we should have it all is really, you know, it's a lot to live up to. It's, it's a lot mm-hmm. of pressure. And Dad's yeah, was quite loopy. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. And to me, you know, my definition of a feminist is, you know, standing up for your rights and mm-hmm. making sure that, you know, people are treated equally. Yeah. However, I realize my own limitations. Yeah. There's no way that I could at this point in my life be a fireman. You know, yeah. I can't pick anybody up. I can mm-hmm. barely pick 50 pounds up, right? <laughs> so, I mean, it's just, yeah. I, I, I think, and I don't want to put anybody down who, mm-hmm. you know, totally believes that they are actually weaker, mm-hmm. you know, but I have just seen too many situations where a woman has been in a, like in law enforcement or mm-hmm. uh, military or whatever, and they've totally been overpowered, yeah, you know, by, you know, man, and it doesn't take that much. I just think that, you know, we definitely need to realize our limitations. Yeah. And, and not put ourselves down if we think that we're less than something else. Definitely. Yeah. And actually I think of it like I'm reminded of, um, I'm reminded of lots of things, ADHD, ADHD brain, but like I'm reminded of like in Genesis, Adam and Eve, like yeah. there's there's a guy called Chris Valentin, who I don't know, some of your listeners may be familiar with him. He comes out of Bethel Church and he did some mm-hmm. teaching on um, on femininity and on womanhood. And I, mm-hmm. he has this teaching. And again, I, I'm still like, okay, that's interesting. He said that when Adam was first created, he was created in the image of God. Like, so therefore he would have had his masculine and his feminine because God is all of that. And then when he was taken from him for, for woman to be created, man lost something, that, that femininity, that the intuition aspect that we get. So many mm-hmm. things actually we get told that, oh no, you can't use that. But that yeah. the womanhood part of it. And so actually we're not meant to be the same. We're, we're, we're two halves of a whole that are meant to complement each other, whether that's in yeah. you know, work relationships or in partnerships, in families, whatever that looks like. You know, mm-hmm. we shouldn't, I don't think we should be trying to keep treat everybody the same. Like, I don't know about you. I'm sure you don't treat all of your children the same. You treat them how fits with who they are. And so right. I don't, I right. tried very hard not to parent. I mean, my youngest in particular, oh, hates raised voices. You can speak in a firm voice and he thinks he's having a massive, great big row. He's getting out of it now. He's 15. But when he was younger, whereas my middle daughter then, who was much feistier, she's a strong leader. I had no problem with shouting whatsoever. And I'm like, but the point being, we don't parent all of our children the same. So right. why? It's not about doing it the same. It's about fairness and treating them within the context of who they are. And so that's yeah. what we need because you're quite right. I yeah. mean, like my husband's a police officer and so they do have female police officers, 
You can't send, I mean, okay, I'm about to contradict myself. If you send a, a smaller petite police officer into a great big fight and actually expect her to get in there and fight, it doesn't usually end well. However, yeah. I would maintain that she could probably talk her way out of that situation because she has a different skill set. And so yeah. actually we can bring all of this stuff in together, but yeah. allow, if we allow people to operate within, again, it's the UEA thing, allow people to operate within actually who they were created to be and how they best work. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, my husband's six mm -hmm. or five. He's only had maybe one or two fights in his whole life, his whole career, because he mm -hmm. is a talker and he's got a big heart. And so he talks well, more often than not, connect with people. He doesn't go that's in there, right. you know, because that's that suits his personality. Uh, and yeah. so we don't need everybody treated the same. We need people to be treated fairly, absolutely, kindly, yeah. absolutely, with love and compassion, recognizing that we are all different and have different skills and, and nuances to, to how we show up in the world. Wow, that's a great explanation. I mean, so even if physically you, you know, you may not be up to snap, but mentally and emotionally, you are. Oh, yeah. You know, you could definitely compliment, you know, the other people around you with definitely. that. You and know, actually, if you think about that. Absolutely. And if you think about the volatile situations like with police officers, I would maintain that we would have a lot less of the conflict and the and the fighting. Again, this is generalizations. But actually, if we went in there with that conversational approach, mm -hmm. th that would that would change the dynamic. I mean, mm -hmm. I use this as a daft example, but we were sanding our floors earlier in the summer and I somehow managed just by being me and having conversation. We had the floor sand for like 50 quid when it should have been 150 quid or something stupid. Mm -hmm. And the guy who came said, I would never have had that for that. And I'm like, well, I, I was just talking to him and he just, I don't know, like, I can't tell you what I did. It wasn't like witchcraft or anything. It was just conversation. And it was the best one in the world. I said, I'm not like I'm some skinny little <laughs> thing, you know, batting my eyelids. I just have conversation. And so there's power in us being being actually who we are and, and just showing up in all of that. He it, thought you was being a smeister. I think so. I've never heard that word schmeister before, but I think it's that probably a little bit like a flirt, cheater. Like a cheater. Oh, a cheater. There you go. No, again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. I, I maintain I flirt with everybody. I flirt with life. So this is, what you see is what we get. You know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no. I mean, that's what happens when you use kindness and respect other people, yes. no matter who they are. Oh, you yeah, know, definitely. I mean, they recognize that. And, you know, a lot of times they they will go out of their way to help you out. Yeah. Oh, definitely. You know? yeah. yeah. I know for sure. So it, there was another thought that mm. sort of sauntered across my awareness, but it's gone again now. If it comes back, I'll remember. I don't, I don't know what it was. You know, when you get these little shows, and I'm like, okay, I don't remember. It was a little, it just, it just sort of like, it just crawled on with my mind and it's gone again. So, as a little bird, if I try and grab it, it'll fly away even quicker. So, that's that's it, it will make its way back, I'm sure. So, what does your husband think about, you know, this whole uh, journey that you're on? Uh, does he, I mean, does he think, oh, okay, there she goes again? Or, or is he like, <laughs> that is a great that's, thing. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. So he he is in his, he doesn't have a relationship with Jesus at the moment. And so for him, quite a lot of the stuff he says, like we'll have conversations like this and he'll go, yeah, no, I agree with that. I reckon, but he's, he goes it from the place of, well, I don't actually believe that God exists. However, if he did, duh, 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 like, you know, and so, and so okay. but then he sometimes says to me, well, what would God say? I'm like, okay, this from the guy who says God doesn't exist. No, but, but uh, it's fascinating to me that, I mean, because I am me and I recognize yeah. that I do have a lot to say a lot of the time, 
There are yeah. occasions where, like particularly when you're out shopping, you like, could you just be like, just quiet for a moment? You have to engage with every single person. Whereas for me, having worked in a supermarket and knowing how frustratingly boring it can be, I yeah. find it really easy to connect with people. Right. And I would find that point of connection and just, we can have conversations, I can have conversations with random strangers till the cows come home. Yeah. Um, that's, a, that's an idiom. I don't know if that translates into, a, that's not a real literally cows come home. Uh, in case you've got any like international listeners going, cows come home, I'm not familiar with that. Anyway, sorry, I digress. So I love it. Like when I'm in the supermarket and I'll just, because he's like, but it doesn't make a difference. I'm like, well, in that moment, it does make a difference. You know, yeah. you make people smile in that moment. You make them feel yeah. good in that moment. Um, yeah. so there are occasions where him and probably some of the children were like, oh, could you just stop for a minute? But then we have occasions where like I find something out that they needed to know or we get discounts on flan- uh, floor yeah. samples or there's benefits from me being me. And they're like, oh, actually, yeah. Yeah, that's quite good. That's useful. Right, right. So, um, I mean, they haven't got any choice now at this point. I'm, I'm 44 and you try and sort of stop me from being mean. But it's not going to happen. <laughs> Having said that, though, I do have the ability to um, moderate my language for the occasion. So if I showed up at a funeral, I am quiet. Uh, mm. And so there are obviously occasions I mean, where you do need to be sensible. Um, yeah. So, but so I can, I can moderate myself, you know, it's just. Right. Why would I if I had an asset? <laughs> yeah. But no, in fairness, he, he's, he's, we've been married for, what is it, 22 years now. So it's like, yeah. well, you know, he knows what I'm like. Recognizing that I am different to the woman that he married, which right. obviously, you know, is a, probably isn't what he signed up for. Obviously loves you because he's still he sticking does. around, you know. Exactly. <laughs> Not like, what is this woman going to do next? No, true. <laughs> that's hilarious. I love that. Yeah, I mean, you know, my husband, he's like, well, that's that's who you are, you know. And mm-hmm. But I do try to do, you know, self-reflect, I guess, or mm-hmm. and just realize, okay, maybe I shouldn't be so brash, you know, or maybe I should be so outspoken during certain situations, you know. So those, I mean, we all realize that there are things that we need to work on. And oh, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, and I always have a list of things I need to work on. Right. Sometimes I look at the list. Sometimes mm-hmm. I acknowledge it. And sometimes I actually work on it. So, <laughs> But also as well, how much of that list is actually stuff that, like, is actually important? You know, because yeah. there's, there's definitely a balance to be had, isn't there, between, yes, okay, we're absolutely growing as people. I'm not mm-hmm. the same person that I was, I don't know, a month ago even. Like, we grow mm-hmm. and we learn and all the rest of it. I'm not against growing and developing. And that's the yeah. thing as well, because the other, the danger, if you say, oh, well, that's just the way I am, then that gives me an excuse to always speak without thinking and always, you know, and actually, actually no, that's an immature version of who I am. Yeah. I can yeah. engage my brain. You know, so there's definitely room for growth, but particularly when ex-husbands are concerned, I would, I have no experience with ex-husbands, but I have an experience with life. And my <laughs> instinct tells me that any list that are like that, I would take it with a pinch of salt initially and then go back to it. <laughs> if I work on these areas, does it light me up? And does it does this make me a happier person? Or is this purely for like, you know, keeping the peace with the people around me? Which sometimes yeah. we need to do. I recognize that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, there's a balance to be shall we say. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, my, of course, my list has changed every year. I would definitely agree with the list I had after I first divorced with, is mm-hmm. not the same list that I have now, yeah. you know, and um, I, you know, things change over time and of course. and stuff, but I definitely, it took a lot of learning and practicing 
to be able to talk to people without them feeling like I've mm. just belittled them and cut them down, you know, and mm. uh, and that was something I had to learn the hard way, like through where I work, you know, yeah. so many people. I mean, if they knew me, it didn't bother them. But, you know, like people who didn't know me, it really upset mm. them, you know, because they would ask me a question. And I would say yes or no. <laughs> and they would go crying like she hates me. Oh, no. So you're talking about people and you're not tolerating idiots and they can't cope with it. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, no. I do recognize that. There's sometimes one of the most humbling things ever is when you notice certain character traits in one of your offspring and you realize, oh, yes, that's me. Like one of mine in particular, she'll say something and it comes out as really a little bit arrogant and a little bit, you know, talk. And I'm like, I'm saying to her dad, she doesn't mean it like that because I, I, I can see that in myself. Like there's yeah. over, the number of times over the years where I've said something, oh, the other thing that I'll do, which drives him crazy, see, like I do something wrong and I'll go, uh -huh. and I know I've done something wrong and I'll recognize that and say, sorry, but I want to explain why it happened. And, I, and, I, and it's not me trying to make excuses. It's me just giving an explanation. But what he hears is yeah. me making excuses. Yeah. And so there's so many layers to this, isn't there? And, yeah. and then we yeah. recognize that people come with their own stories and their own sort of like right. nuances yeah. of how they've done life. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I recognize that too. Sometimes I say things and for me, I find typing. I, you'll, if ever you have any conversation with me via typing, you'll see I litter it with emojis because I, I find typing, whether it's chat or email, because it can come across really like, because I'm very matter of fact, dun, 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 yeah. you know, and that can come across like you're saying quite cold. Yeah. So I'll chuck yeah. in a whole load of emojis to try and soften it. Whereas if I had that conversation face-to-face -face where you can do body language and you'll see that I'm smiling and, mm -hmm. and you can ask questions, yeah. I, I just think that's one of the frustrations of the age that we live in. And, and yeah, yeah. It doesn't always end well. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, like, I, I can only put so many pleases and thank yous and mm. smiley faces, you know, in a response, you know, around the word yes. You know, I mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But my uh, If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. So let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so that it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's Everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, it's A-N-C-H-O-R.fm to get started. Did you love this episode of Motherhood Unfiltered is going to be okay? Click the link in the description to check out my mixtape list already set up to get you started. It's his dad. He's like, yeah. you know, one of the boys that got in trouble at school for 
talking back, you know, right? and it was being just a, you know, being a smart aleck, you know, whatever. Mm. But his dad, I was talking to his dad about it. He's like, you know, they get that from you, you know, (laughs) the way they're responding. I'm like, yes, I know, but I need you to help me with this. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. But the difference is, see, in a few years time, that will be an attribute that's recognized. This is one of the frustrating things with the education system. It's only set up to channel down a certain path. I remember my son, who's what is he's now fifteen, when he was four, coming home in tears from school. I was, what's the matter? They made me put my 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 backpack on my back and they gave me a row because I didn't want to wear it on both shoulders. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is ridiculous. Why are we giving our children a, a row is a Welsh word for being told off? Why are we scolding yeah. our children because they won't wear their backpack on two shoulders? We're trying to funnel them down this particular path. And yeah. won't guide you if you don't fit that path or you want to ask why. And yet yeah, when right. we're adults, these are the kind of attributes that are celebrated. It's good yeah. to ask why and explore. You know, they call it out-of-the-box thinking. It's like, well, we can't have out-of-the-box thinking if we don't let our young people also do this. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, oh, it's just oh, I know. I know. Trust me. I know all about that nonsense. It, you know, it, and it happens here it, too. And, you know, I just... There, I mean, I could just go on forever about, you know, some of the things, the conflicts, you know, or the being mm-hmm. hypocritical about, you know, you have to do this, but yet, mm-hmm. you know, not all the kids were made to do the same thing. Yeah. You know, so it, we just had that all over the place and I was just so fed up with it. Or just, keeping the whole class in because a handful of kids have been naughty. That drives me crazy too. I'm oh, like, just because yeah. you can't have got the right discipline strategies, you can't identify who did it. Why are we keeping everybody in? Ridiculous. Oh, my mom used to do that. There's five of us. And sometimes I could tell when she's like, she's just had enough because if one of us did something, we all got it. Right. <laughs> and then line us up, all five of us, and make it bend over and we can get our butt whapped, you know, um, smack. So we're in the lineup with the five because I'm the eldest of six. I didn't really, I didn't know we had this thing big, I didn't know we had big five. I'm the oldest. I'm the oh, oldest. I'm... Yeah. There you it's, go. Uh, I know, right? <laughs> and then my brother, so there's two older girls, then my brother, and then two younger girls. Um, and so she, and she admits this now that she did not discipline him you know, like she should have, but he, he got by with so much more stuff. Oh, boys, then he was the to. boy, you know, mm-hmm. but anyway, you know, now he's paying for it because he don't, <laughs> he's been such a criminal. <laughs> oh, bless him. <laughs> I know. <laughs> he gets lots of prayers. <laughs> but, you know, I, you know, being the oldest, my mom, and she was single for the majority of our time growing up. Mm. She put so much responsibility on my shoulders, you know, and I just went, when I became a teenager, I just wanted to get the heck out of the house, yeah. you know, because I, I thought I don't even want to be part of this family. This mm. family is nuts, right? And <laughs> And that's when I developed, you know, a relationship with God. It was when I was young and up through a teenage years. And Mm -hmm. I just, I just struggled with, and now as an adult, I realized that I was just being, you know, a vain person, but I was a teenager, you know, like, you know, what I looked like on the outside was really important. And so my family did not fit in with that. Right what I wanted it to look like. Sure. Right. Yeah. And, and now I'm like, okay, that was just sully, 
But I think that's quite normal, isn't it? When we, because you're, as a teenager, like our minds are not finished forming for one thing, but we're also trying to see, figure out where do we fit in the world. And I, I imagine actually there's so much more pressure that we didn't have social media. But yeah. that, that, that pressure is escalated now, isn't it? This idea, of, yeah. again, goes back to the, this, this picture of what the ideal wife and mum should look like. What does what should yeah. the perfect woman look like? You know, yeah. it's, it, so don't be too hard on yourself because we've all oh, done yeah. it. And it was that we are a product of, of, you know, where we've come from. We don't have to be bound by that. We can be free of our stories, but uh-huh. it's all part of the conditioning, isn't it? There's a certain yeah. way that women should show up and they should look and they should behave. So, yep. yeah. Uh, talking about not fitting the picture, did your, I don't know if your family, we had a minibus, right? And, as the, and my, my younger siblings and their friends love the minibus, but I hated it. As a teenager, we moved, when I moved to Wales, I've been transported everywhere, particularly because our minibus, the first one was just covered in rust and it was so embarrassing. And so you'd rock up anywhere in this minibus. And so, uh, so talk about like the picture not matching, like did not match how I wanted to show up in the world. Oh my word. Yeah, I can sympathize with that one. I know that your mom and dad had six kids. I mean, well, I know, I know. I understand the transport issues of that many people, but still it was just so embarrassing. Oh dear! <laughs> and my friends all loved it. They quite loved coming in the minibus. I'm like, oh. My only good thing was when we went, when we went to the big school. We lived out of town, so I came in on a bus. They didn't have to take me to school every day, so that was quite good. I just wanted to be anonymous as a teenager, which is ironic now because I love talking to everybody. But as a teenager, I just did not want to put my head above the parapet. I just wanted to just disappear. Yeah, in time. yeah. Because I did not, I did not like being a teenager. It was a difficult time. So I didn't either. No, but we survived it. It's gonna be okay. Yeah, I know, but <laughs> yeah, I, I just the whole thing of your many best story just reminds me of my two younger sisters. My mom had this car, and it it was formal. It was a teeny tiny car, and I don't know if you it's it was a Sunfire. It was a two door car, but the driver door would not stay shut. <laughs> Well, even when she's driving down the road. <laughs> oh, no. So she's like, so oh, she turned a corner, it was just wide open, you know. <laughs> oh, no. And she would take my sisters to the school, and they're like, they would make, they would make her drop them off like three blocks from the school so nobody would see what yeah. they Oh, yeah. And it was just, I mean, things like that is just so hilarious. And I think that, you know, in the end, that stuff just builds character, you know. At the time, yeah, it was probably embarrassing. But now it's like, oh, let me tell you about this bunny story, you know. It makes for great stories, absolutely, yeah. And then when my kids say I'm embarrassing, I'm like, well, it could be worse, you know. <laughs> we could be driving the minibus this We could, yeah. And the thing is, I think I hadn't recognized, and I only recognize it now as a parent, as a teenagers, as actually... My parents never actually went out of their way to embarrass me. They just did it by accident because I'm yeah. so good at embarrassing my kids. And I try really hard not to, um, you know, but it just happens. So, but again, they're friends think it's hilarious. And yeah, but then I, the thing, me being me then, you know, you can see, I'll say something and then they're all laughing. And I'm like, don't you laugh? I said, because if this was in your house, it was your mother, you'd be cringing too. And they're like, oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. So I'll call them out on it and it's all part of the banter. Then it's quite a good laugh. But yeah. You know, ah, she's gone pissed. Well, before we disconnect here, do you have any last bits of advice for uh, the audience? There was one piece that, not the piece that flitted across my mind and left. When we were talking about lists, I was just given this really strong reminder that God does not have a list. 
of the things he wants to change about you. It was that reminder, not just you and I in this room, but also you as in the listeners, is actually he, his list is full of the things that he adores about you and the things about you that make him smile. Oh, uh, and so that. for anybody listening who needs that reminder, of, oh, I just don't know if anybody loves me. You are loved. You're loved by people <laughs> who don't even know, but yeah. God loves you. And, and I know that can sometimes come across, oh, yeah, God loves you. It sounds a bit trite. I don't mean in a trite way. I just felt mm-hmm. it really strongly in my spirit. He's like, mm-hmm. I don't have a list. Yes, you want to grow. And yes, I want to, but I want to grow in my relationship with you. I'm not mm-hmm. interested in, in lists. There's nothing I want to change about you. I simply want to mm-hmm. grow in getting to know you. So he does not have a list. And so that's the, that's the one piece that was strongest on my spirit that was mm-hmm. there as a piece that would not go away. So when you said mm-hmm. that, that's why I wanted <laughs> to remind people because, uh, God loves this idea of love. I mean, conversation for another time about how our religion has been influenced by ancient Greek philosophy and our pictures of yeah. God. Of her. That's another conversation for another time. We will go down <laughs> over. But just, just understand that those people are like, oh, I don't know if I believe in God. I would ask you, well, what God do you not believe in? Because I probably don't believe in him either. Yeah, he, yeah. He, is, he is love. Yeah. That's the foundational piece of all of that. And love in its most beautiful, pure form. Not love as in like, I love ice cream. Or love, right. like, you know, I'm going to touch your boob in a in a, in a yeah, exactly. That's not love. That's yeah, that's you know, right. actual real pure love. That's where we start with God, and He does not have a list. He Aww. simply wants to draw you into relationship. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you so much. That's for sharing that. And how can we get a hold of you if we want to download your free ebook? If it's available by the time this is, I will make out. sure it is. It will be a priority. <laughs> it won't be done today or tomorrow, but um, it will be done only because I'm I get to go visit another church. I've, I've only been to once before, and I'm preaching somewhere tomorrow, so it won't be today or tomorrow. But I will make it because of this conversation. I shall make it a priority for the start of next week. It will be available. Um, <laughs> okay. It, so people go to uia.com. Somewhere on the homepage there, there will be a thing. There'll be a box so you can get the book. Um, okay. I do have a Facebook page. I don't have Instagram anymore. I got. And that's a whole story for another time. So I do have a Facebook page where you can follow along a little bit. But I would go to UEA and get the book and start there because it's free okay. and it's lovely. And you get the thing is as well, it's not filtered. Facebook, you might miss stuff. So yeah, that yeah. would be Start there. Well, thank you so much. And I hope that we can definitely do this again. Yeah, I would love to. Absolutely. <laughs> no, it's always fun. It's just, like I said, like we said earlier on, it's just sitting around having a little chat with one of my friends. It's, it's all I good. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. So, <laughs> no, it's my pleasure. <laughs> If you enjoyed my show, Motherhood Unfiltered, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And be sure to come back next week for another episode of Motherhood Unfiltered. Until then, this is Nikki, the host of Motherhood Unfiltered. And don't forget, it's going to be okay.